Blog Talk Radio. on stages I even love it when the crowd gets loud singing out God's praises but every now and then it can get a little complicated so I remember when I was in that old church basement singing hallelujah it's all I need when I think of your goodness your love for me Oh, the joy of my salvation Is coming back to me It's just in Oh, hallelujah With the new melody And I'm singing Oh, 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 yeah We got together every Wednesday night About 30 teenagers My friend Josh bought a cheap guitar And barely knew how to play it He wasn't putting on a show Wasn't well known Wasn't trying to be famous But we sure cut heaven In that old church basement
salvation. Somebody said, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. It's nothing like a testimony. Certainly nobody can tell your story like you can tell it. Good afternoon and God bless you to all of our listeners. It is the 1 p.m. hour and you are listening to Global Gospel and I'm your host Reverend Lamar Townsend and we are glad to share with you just a few moments on this Saturday afternoon to give God glory, honor, and praise because he's worthy of all the praise. It is because of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. His compassion they fell not. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And certainly God has been faithful to us, to each and every one of us, through the good, the bad, the ugly, the ups and the downs. God remains faithful, and certainly God changes not. We want you to know that we do not own the rights to any of the music that you hear on today, but we pray that it is a blessing to you, to you, and to you. And perhaps you want to know uh, who was singing that song uh, about the old basement that was Elevation Worship in Maverick City. And certainly we want you to check that out in your own uh, spare time. But we are, uh, again, glad to be here. We want you to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your neighbors that we are on live, that they can log on to www.blogtalkradio.com slash global hyphen gospel. Our number in studio is 619 619- Nine two four zero eight zero zero six one nine nine two four zero eight zero zero. Certainly, we do want to hear from you on this Saturday afternoon, and for you to let us know that you're listening in, and certainly uh, just share with us for a few minutes. Well, we are on social media as well, and certainly you can check us out on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Tumblr. You can check out our Global Gospel page. Look up Global Gospel on any one of those platforms. And if you go to our Facebook page, if you go to our Twitter page or our Tumblr page, there is a direct link to Global Gospel. And certainly you can sign on there and listen to Global Gospel. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can reach us at P.O. Box 5331. That is in Hempstead, New York, where the zip code is 11550. If you'd like to email us, you can email globalgospel17 at gmail.com. We are looking forward to hearing from you, you, and you. And so we are going to give a few shout-outs on today to our listeners. We're going to shout you out by family, you and your families that are listening and so you want to shout out the Townsend family, the Norman family, the Watson family, the Locke family, the Furman family, the Scott family, the Singleton family, the Cox family, the Natalie family, the Thompson family, the Hernandez family, uh, the Wiggins family, the Singleton family, Stevenson family, Bridell family, Stephanie family, Green family, Latham family. Thank God for you you and for you. And then we want to shout out some of our sponsors and businesses. Uh, Shout out MPT Enterprise, Mall and Townsend. Shout out Third Lounge, Ryan Wilson. If you have any graphic needs, shout, uh, reach out to Ryan Wilson, Third Lounge. Uh, Abyssinia, the uh, Nationwide Black Family Mediation Services, Sister Lois Glenn Carter, uh, Nevaeh's Cake Creations, Natalie Townsend, Honor Thy Sweets, Patrice Forbes, and the Malini's Factory. And certainly there are so many uh, more, uh, but we just uh, took a time to shout out uh, those few people 
and those few businesses. And shout out to those in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, uh, Florida, Georgia, California, Michigan, Illinois, to those that are in Canada, to those that are in the West Indies, South America, Brazil, Bolivia, on the continent of Africa, uh, Ghana, Nigeria, South Africa, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Kenya, those that are in Australia, India, Japan, Spain, France, Italy, Norway, the United Kingdom. Thank God for you, you and you. We pray that something is said that uh, will bless you, that will uh, keep you, that will sustain you, uh, that you will be able to give God glory, honor, and praise for all that he does for you, with you, and through you. For those that have tuned into Global Gospel for the first time, uh, we want you to uh, share with us our theme. Our theme scripture comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. So we came today with the message of Jesus Christ. We came with the gospel, for the gospel is good news. It is the power of God unto salvation, unto to the Jew, and also to the Greek. The gospel is here for the rich, the poor, the black and the white, to those that are in need, those that are down and out, those that are oppressed, those that are suicidal. Don't give up hope because Christ is the hope of glory. Prehensive, it meets every need that you have, your financial need, your mental need, your spiritual need. The gospel is there uh, for you. For Jesus said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And you don't have to worry about what you don't have because God has everything. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. He's got the whole world in his hand, as we learned as little children. And certainly God is, somebody said in the common colloquial vernacular, God is so high that you can't get over him, so low that you can't get under him, so wide you can't get around him. So we believe God today, and we believe the report of the Lord today, that we shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. So it is not over for you yet. And certainly we have uh, a message uh, for you on today uh, that we hope that will uh, encourage you um, inspire you to uplift you uh, because uh, in this time we need something and someone to do those things in our lives. Again, we thank you all for tuning in with us and certainly we'll be back with a word from a scripture and more songs. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Send us a, um, a post on, you can post on our blog talk page and let us know that you are listening as well. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why we are here today.
I want to share a particular passage of scripture with our listeners on today. But from the book of Job, chapter 1, and certainly I am going to read chapter 1 in its entirety, and so that you will uh, have a full understanding. For those that uh, are not familiar with the story of Job, and I am reading from the NIV version, the New International Version. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. The man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His sons used to take turns holding feasts in their homes, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of fasting had run its course, Job would send and have them purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. One day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming through the earth and going back and forth in it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job hear, fear God for nothing, Satan replied? Have, not, have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he surely curse, He will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well then, everything he has in your hands, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabaeans attacked and carried them off. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the sky and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, Another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and carried them off. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house. Then suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they are dead, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked came I from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with doing, by charging God with wrongdoing. That is the scripture. And I encourage you on today, as we hear this next election, and I prepare to come back with a message to simply stand. When you've done all you can, man, seems like it's never enough. 
Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you. Amen. If I had to use a topic for this afternoon and those that can see the post, it simply says controlling the uncontrollable, controlling the uncontrollable. And I'd just like to share uh, with you these words. These words say, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Those words are words that uh, can be found in what has has come to be known as the serenity prayer. And the earliest reference, and you can research this for yourself, to the Serenity Prayer dates to 1932 in a diary entry by Winifred Crane Weigel. Weigel was then a pupil of Niebuhr and quoted the prayer in a a personal diary attributed to the theologist. Weigel was then responsible for seven versions versions of the prayer which appeared in newspapers as well as prayer books which were published in the 1940s. And certainly uh, we know that uh, the, the, per, the theologist's name was Reinhold Neuber, and certainly uh, it was found in his uh, documents and um, in his, his diary as well. Uh, but some further history 
um, on it is that um, it, it, it originally said, uh, God grant me, Father, give us courage to change what must be altered, serenity to accept what cannot be helped, and the insight to know the one from the other. And certainly we know that uh, he used it in, uh, it was used many times in his sermons. And certainly we know, we don't really know the origins of it, but there's also a Greek uh, slave and philosopher by the name of Epitepis. And the thing uh, that we can find about Epitepis, excuse me, he wrote, make the best use of what is in your power and take the rest as it happens. Some things are up to us and some things are not up to us. Our opinions are up to us and our impulses, desires, aversions, in short, whatever is our own doing. Our bodies are not up to us, nor are our possessions, our reputations, or our public offices, or that is whatever is not our own doing. Now, Epictetus, the Greek philosopher and slave, wrote that in the first century A.D. Also, in the Buddhist tradition, it, they have a statement say, if there's a remedy when trouble strikes, what reason is there for dejection? And if there's no help for it, what use is there in being glum? So as we talk uh, today about uh, serenity and controlling the uncontrollable, you, I would have you to know that if anyone is familiar with Alcoholics Anonymous or any 12-step programs, you will know that the serenity part, uh, serenity prayer is a part of their tradition, and certainly it is adopted as a part of their program. And so even the secular world acknowledges that we need to have a God on our side. And certainly if there's one thing that we've learned through the pandemic, through this season, through this time, through this year, is that there are some things in life that we cannot control. But certainly if we could control life, People that love, people lost loved ones in this season. They lost mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and best friends and cousins and neighbors and, and you name it. We lost doctors. We lost lawyers. We lost attorneys. We lost uh, uh, pastors and bishops and uh, apostles. And, and we've lost everybody, uh, it seems like. And it seems like we were, uh, many of us grew faint of heart and we grew weary uh, because we just didn't know what was going to happen next. But if there was just one thing that we could take away from this, it, I would take away the control factor that I am not in control. I'm not in control of my life. I'm not con in control of anybody else's life. And certainly I have to uh, submit to the will of God. And certainly uh, people have tried to control others. Parents have tried to control children, and they found out that it did not work. Children have tried to control parents, and they found out that it did not work. Uh, people have tried to control each other, family members and spouses and significant others and neighbors and uh, uh, employers and employees, but control does not work. And certainly there are some people that are just control freaks. They could try to control everybody and control everything, but certainly they will soon find out that that does not work. And even if people go along with you sometimes, they're not going to go along with you all the time. And even just because somebody goes along with you in public does not mean they will go along with you in private. Because people are unpredictable, and certainly you never know what to expect from people. And so that's why the Bible lets us know to not to put our um, trust and horses and chariots, and certainly we can't put our trust in men, but the songwriter says, I trust in God wherever I may be upon the land or on the sea. Come what may from day to day, my heavenly Father's watches over me. I trust in, and certainly on today, we need to put our trust in God, and the old devotional song says, if you put your trust in Jesus, 
He'll make everything all right. He'll make your yoke real easy and your burden shall be light. And so another thing we need to learn is that we need to trust in God because there's so many things that we cannot control. And so as we read in the scripture, we read about Job and we know a lot about Job and Job has had a very colorful colorful life and he has some colorful experiences and some people sometimes say oh such and such has the patience of Job well uh Job is not uh somebody that I want to have uh the patience of because Job endured a lot of things to have that type of uh patience and I don't even know if it was patience but that was his assignment in life but there are several things that uh stuck out in the fifth chapter, uh, fifth, in the fifth verse of Job, we find that Job was making uh, sacrifices. And then later on, before the chapter ends, we find that Job had to bow down and worship God. And so as we look at controlling the uncontrollable, I want to pull out from there Job's sacrifice and Job's worship. And we need to know that somewhere between our sacrifice, our worship, we have to find a place of serenity. And I will submit to you that the crossroads of our sacrifice and our worship is where we can find serenity. You see, Job uh, was at, he was sacrificing uh, because he thought maybe his children have sinned or that there was uh, something that he needs to clear up or a matter that he needs to clear up as the head of his household, as the priest of his household. And certainly I'm glad today that certainly we don't have to take on the responsibility of the sins of our household or those that are around us, but the Bible lets us know that we have a high priest who is touched by the feeling of our infirmities. And certainly, if you don't know who that high priest is today, you certainly should get to know Jesus the Christ. And certainly, we find that, uh, in biblically speaking, in the Old Testament, sacrifices took place at an altar. And in the Hebrew, the altar was a place of slaying, a place of, of blood and uh, pain and sacrifice and certainly there are going to be some times in our life where we're going to have to uh, sweat we're going to have to sweat there's going to be some pain there's going to be some tears and so Job was he went to for the sacrifice he went to the place of slaying but um, we have to understand that just because we make sacrifices that our sacrifices does not control God's decisions for our life. Our sacrifice, our praise and worship is a part of what we are supposed to do. It's a part of our duties. It's a part of our stewardship, but it does not control God. And certainly we need to know, how do I know that Job was in a place of slaying? Because later on, if we read about Job, we'll find that Job makes this statement, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. So Job knew what it was like to be slain. And, and those of us that are listening, we have also been to the place of slaying when we've had health challenges, when we've had financial challenges, when we've had challenges within our mind, within our spirit, our struggles, when we are dealing with our uh, various issues in life, you are in your place of slaying. And certainly when you are in a place of slaying, there's nothing comfortable about it. But we just have to go through and stand our storm, uh, knowing that we have to endure hardness as a good soldier. So Job understand, understood bringing the sacrifice to God. But it's a difference in you giving God a sacrifice and you becoming a sacrifice or God offering you up as a sacrifice. Romans 12 and 1, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Job had one understanding of sacrifice is what he was bringing to God. 
but he didn't understand when God offered him up as a sacrifice. And that's something we all need to clear up, that many of us have been called and chosen by God, and God, and we are now in the place of slaying as a sacrifice, and a living sacrifice. And a living sacrifice, there's nothing dead about it. So this is something that you're going to have to endure in life to make you a better person. And certainly we would like to all go through our trials and our tribulations quick, fast, and in a hurry. But sometimes it seems like it gets worse before it gets better. And so Job now deals with the sacrifice. And then uh, we find out later on after Job lost seemingly everything. And then this is just one part of his loss because this is not an area that dealt with his, uh, his health challenges. And I'm not going to go there on today. But then we find out that Job worshiped God when all of this was over. He bowed down. And I believe his bowing and his worship uh, of God was a point where he found serenity. And just like in the prayer, he found that there were some things in his life that he could not change. There were some things in his life that he could not control. And though we might not like it, we have to accept our plot in life. And we, it, it, um, uh, Paul uh, had a thorn in his flesh. And he said he went to God three times and he tried to get rid of that thorn. And some of us listening have thorns that we cannot get rid of. But the good news is that we find out that my grace is sufficient in thee. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And so today we thank God for the strength of God. We thank for God for the grace of God. We thank God for his mercy and his loving kindness. And I said it earlier, it is because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. His compassion, they fail not. And so we thank God for his compassion and his grace and allowing us to weather the storm. We cannot control everything. We cannot control everybody. And certainly we have to get to a place in life when we realize that there's some things that are not going to change, some people that are not going to change, some places that are not going to change, change. But we have to remain true and faithful to God. We have to remain true and faithful to our own uh, convictions. We have to remain uh, committed to uh, keeping uh, the things that God has given to us in charge of us we are only responsible for what god has given us to do and certainly it's if you read on a little further uh and you will find about about jesus and so jesus himself was faced with um some difficult challenges and so he went to his father and he said if it be possible let this cup pass and we know that christ was looking at a bitter cup and he was uh, facing the sins of the world and, and dying for all our, our wrongdoings and our, our shortcomings. And uh, Matthew and uh, Luke records that he, you know, he went to God about it. If it be possible, let this cup pass. But, you know, we know the conclusion. He said, nevertheless, your will be done, not mine. But what I like about if you read John's writing, if you read John chapter 9 and you read uh, verse 4, uh, Jesus said he knew what his assignment was. He knew what his mission was. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. And then when you read John 18 and 11, it says, Then Jesus said unto Peter, Put up thy sword into thy sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? Christ was at a place of surrender he was at a place of serenity, realizing that this was what he had to do in life. Even Paul writes to Timothy, he said, I am now ready to be offered up. Because there's something about uh, when you realize that you uh, have been uh, chosen by God, you realize that there's some things that you just cannot 
wiggle yourself out of. But you have to go through it. But we thank God on today that we have power today because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because he he drunk that cup. He said, uh, shall I not drink it? And he drunk it. He went to Calvary. He, he took the whipping. He took the beating. He took the crucifixion. He took being pierced in his side. But we know that he had a rose. He rose with all power in his hand. And certainly because of that, we know that God is the author and the finisher of our faith. So everything that happened to us, uh, God knows it all and he sees all. He sits high and he looks low. And so no need of trying to control everybody, trying to control everything. You can't control politics. You can't control finances. You can't control family. You can't control friends. It is out of your control. Daniel 2 and 21 and he changes the times and the season. He, he removed his kings and set it up kings. He gives wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. So as today, we look at Job and Job's life and uh, Job's challenges and all that Job, um, Job lost, we realize that Job got to a place where he worshiped God. And so we all have to get to that place where we just give God uh, glory. We give him honor. We give him praise. We realize that God gives and that he takes. And certainly we can't get bent out of shape. We can't get stressed out because there's some things that we just cannot control. And so today uh, I talked to you a little bit about just controlling the uncontrollable. And the fact of the matter is you can't control the uncontrollable because it's out of your hands and so we have to be like jesus let your will be done stay tuned and be blessed
Just tuned in. You're listening to Global Gospel. I'm your host, Reverend Lamar Townsend, and perhaps you missed something today uh, that was said, uh, something that uh, you heard or didn't hear, and you want to go back. We want you to know that all of our shows are archived, and certainly you can listen any time of day or night. Uh, we are also syndicated on Apple iTunes, on Spotify, and Google Play, and certainly that is where uh, we are. Our number in studio is 619-924-0800. We pray that something has been said in the message to give you a uh, different outlook, a different perspective of what's going on in your life. And perhaps sometimes as an exercise, you should just uh, take a piece of paper, make a list. Write down all the things that you can control. Write down all the things you can't control. And so um, maybe that will be a lesson to make you put things in perspective. Uh, Because sometimes we do get out of perspective. Certainly we hope that you have enjoyed our music on today as we are coming to the close of the hour uh, We started out with Elevation Worship in Maverick City Talking about the old basement um, We heard from Pastor Donnie McClurkin uh, Stan uh, We're currently uh, Reverend Paul Jones The late Reverend Paul Jones Let your will be done And you're probably more familiar with I Won't Complain And certainly that is his signature song But uh we know he did a lot more singing and preaching than that. And so um, we thank God for uh, music ministry because there is a message in songs. Next, um, we're going to listen to uh, men of standard and men of standard says talks about God's will as well. Stay tuned.
or Tumblr. He chose me. God bless you. Out of all that he could have you. Get your-